Wellness Force Radio. Feelings are essential, but they can't dictate our actions. We literally infect each other with our emotions. We came here for a special purpose. Let the purpose unveil itself. Knowing without doing is the same thing as not knowing. They're not just trackers. I'm going to wear this and it's going to help me do the right thing. Wellness Force Radio, episode 138, with Earl Granville and Jonathan Lopez from Operation Enduring Warrior. Point is, you know, that once we hit this course, it becomes more than a six foot wall, you know. It becomes an obstacle for a guy that was laying in a hospital bed being told you're never going to walk again. I want to make sure that anybody out there in situations like this, like maybe you lose a leg or lose an arm or you lose your vision or you lose part of yourself, whether physically or mentally, in the armed forces, I want to see us as a team reach those goals once again. What's up, my friend? It's your host, Josh Trent, and welcome back to another episode for your weekly access to global experts in all things wellness as we discover the physical and emotional intelligence we need to live life well. On this episode, we're coming at you live from the Spartan World Championships in Lake Tahoe, California, where I got the absolute honor and pleasure of sitting down with two men from Operation Enduring Warrior, Jonathan Lopez and Earl Granville. This is a truly inspiring conversation around the emotional intelligence and honestly, the perspective about this life that's easy for many of us to lose touch with in this fast-paced and frenetic lifestyle we're learning from these military veterans who are members of a 100% volunteer-based organization comprised of current and former members of the military, family members, and patriotic citizens who are giving back to our nation's wounded veterans. This program helps participants overcome adversity and hardship through innovation, teamwork, and perseverance. In this conversation, we talk about being connected to and developing a purpose bigger than just yourself, how to find a sense of community and connection, no matter what your unique gifts are, how to cultivate that mental fortitude needed to complete a Spartan Ultra Beast course, and learning how to adapt to life's challenges and unexpected things that happen for us instead of to us. Ultimately, finding our way when we're going through tremendous loss to pull ourselves out of the victim mentality and shift perspective, this gift of perspective that we'll talk so deeply about in this conversation, I know you're going to be inspired and uplifted by this live interview because as Jonathan Lopez states so eloquently and powerfully, true fulfillment comes from helping others who can do nothing for us in return. No further waiting, let's drop into this timeless conversation with Jonathan Lopez and Earl Granville from Operation Enduring Warrior. So I am sitting here with two gentlemen from the Operation Enduring Warrior. We are here live at Lake Tahoe for the Spartan Up Podfest, part of the 2017 Spartan Race World Championships. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on Wellness Force Radio. Jonathan Lopez, Earl Granville, so nice to sit down with you, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. So today we're talking about something really important, Operation Enduring Warrior. This is a 100% volunteer organization. Yes, sir. It takes people and money and energy to move any mission forward. But Mm -hmm. the fact that this is 100% volunteer, can you guys start off our conversation? Like, how did that happen that 100% of this is volunteer? I'm going to tell you, it's totally different than anything I have ever experienced. It's not just that you don't get paid to do this. It's the fact that a lot of these guys are still active duty and they sacrifice their vacation time, something that they can actually go away with their families to Disney World, something like that, to go places that they have really no interest in going just to be able to help them, uh, a veteran accomplish their dreams. It's amazing. And I think... Uh I think it's healing for uh, – we're getting something out of this too as team members and people who help You're getting run the paid in a different way. Pretty much. I mean, something that we always talk about is uh, when we get out of the military, it's easy to feel lost. And all that camaraderie and your, 
you know, something that you're once a part of, it's easy to lose those voids once again. And I think organizations like Operation Enduring Warrior, you're not part of a team again. We're all veteran-oriented, and that culture, it's, it's just nice to be back in that environment once again. We're not yeah. carrying a rifle anymore, but we're out there battling adversity and conquering any of our adaptive athletes who would like to join us with them conquering their goals as a team. So it brings back the camaraderie once again. You know, when I look at your organization, my curiosity comes up to what is the biggest message right now that's coming through both of you? I mean, when I read the title and when I look at your about page, we'll link this in the show notes, EnduringWarrior.org. What is that though? What is the core ethos? We'll go one by one. Let's do Jonathan first. Like, what is your ethos behind this? For me, it's just something very simple. It's just, we're not alone. You know, we're never alone. I mean, like that's something that we tell everyone. Throughout the last couple of years, OAW has been helping with the veterans. I can tell you they have not successfully fixed any amputation or fixed any of the medical conditions that the AAs came in with. We're not here to do that. We're here to be with you through whatever it is that you're going to go through. As I said, like, um, we're absolutely going to do an ultra beast this weekend. Wow. The only thing I can tell him is, hey, you know what, bro? It's going to suck. I'm going to be with you every single step of the way, and we're going to do it together. Well, thank you so much for your service. I'll just thank both of you right now on the air. Earl, I'd love to know what your ethos is as to why you do this. I guess my ethos behind this is uh, I was once first a client of OEW, and afterwards I became a team member. And for myself, I think the ethos of this, I want to make sure that anybody out there in situations like this, like, Maybe you lose a leg or lose an arm or you lose your vision or you lose part of yourself, whether physically or mentally, in the armed forces. And you get out and you lose a little bit of yourself. I want to see us as a team reach those goals once again. You know, And for myself, what I got out of it as well is bringing that leadership back and getting responsibilities of others, of my brothers and sisters in the armed forces. And it's more than just honor and power motivating our wounded veterans to live an active lifestyle. I think we're all getting something out of this. And like I said, it just fills those voids in that we lost when we took the uniform off. Let's talk about rebounding from this. Obviously, when you lose a part of your body, there's a part of your emotions that have to fill to take that up. I'd love to learn from Earl, you know, you lost a limb in service to our country. What does this mean to your emotional intelligence? What have you had to do? What have you stepped into emotionally in order to fill that space, to fill that void? I think the biggest thing is just not letting this define me. And it's easy to do that. I think we all do that at some point where, I mean, there's moments where I, I was conscious when I lost my leg. I was, uh, or when I got, I lost my leg a few days later, but I was conscious when we hit that roadside bomb. And there was a point where I was uh, watching my medic work on me. I was put on the medevac chopper. I was sent to a mash unit in Faba Salerno and nurses are working on me there. So all the way up to that point, then I got put into a room and I was by myself. And I remember just saying to myself, what am I going to do with myself now? My career's done as an infantryman. I can't, it was scary for a little while. But, I mean, I, I tried to be optimistic. Like, I was a lone survivor of my vehicle. I was moved last minute. And so I felt like I got lucky, so I have to keep a good attitude with this. But I feel like not letting something like this define me. Pity is going to get you nowhere in life. Playing a victim is going to get you nowhere in life. I had to understand with myself because... I won't go into it too much, but I dealt with even heavier adversity later in life, uh, loss of a loved one. So this set you up for the even more intense adversity. Pretty much, I guess, something unexpectedly that happened. That's when a low point hit, but then I understood when I overcame all of that adversity. And I realized pity 
and being a victim isn't going to get me anywhere. It's time to get out there and live my life. Wow, this is such a message that people can connect to because, you know, many people listening have dealt with their own loss of something. Maybe it was a limb, maybe it was a loved one, right? So a lot of us deal with this. And I guess my curiosity too with the Operation Enduring Warrior is what would you like it to become? Maybe this question's for Jonathan here. What would you like to see in 2018 at the end of next year? How would you like to see this grow? How many people will you want to be touched? How many lives affected by this? So 2017 has been our year of outreach. We have a strong community out in the East Coast, and it's hard to go to an event without seeing the OEW logo. The fact is there is 50 states, and all 50 states have veterans that have served. As you know, this is a nonprofit organization. We don't have really a product that we sell to fund these. So, like, we are very limited. I have learned a lot after I became a, a team member, how the funds are allocated and, like, budgets and everything, and... um. What I would like to see is the organization growing into probably local chapters. I want to see actually local communities uh, coming together and helping their veterans. You know, we will attend, we will do as many events as we can, but it's true. Like, how often are we in Lake Tahoe once a year? Sure. You know, it's, uh, it's not enough, and I wish we could do more. Well, we'll definitely help share this message because whether you have lost a limb or someone you care about, like there is a life after this. Life doesn't stop there. It just Absolutely. takes a different path. So the way that you guys have responded is, is really inspirational, really powerful for anyone. I'm curious if you've done any major media outlets. Where else have people seen you out there in the digital world? Well, we both competed together this year in NBC, uh, the NBC Ultimate Spartan. Ah, uh, the Ultimate. Okay. Yes, sir. And yeah. this weekend, you're obviously both here to compete or watch or both. Uh, we're both here both. to do the Ultra Beast together on Sunday. Tell our audience what this is like. How many miles is Whew. this? I mean, how did you prepare for this? Well, yeah. Ultra Beast, a lot of training. And, yeah, uh, how long? Six months? One year? Like, oh, geez, probably about three months. It's, this fell on my away. lap a little later than I thought it would. But okay. I'm going to... You know, it's all it's going to be out there is each step forward is each step closer to the finish line. And remember why you're doing this in the first place. Mm. You know, whether it's for the memory of somebody else, is it for yourself, that your own goals, whatever it may be, write them down and understand what's going to help me get through this. Because there's going to be moments out there where you're going to think, this is going to suck. Why am I doing this? And I can't wait this be done with. And in reality, if you walk off the course right there, you've done it all for nothing. You've gotten all this way for nothing. But if you just sit there and find that grit inside of you and push through it. And you're going to come home walking away with a medal and realize, man, I just did that. You know, this is, this is new for me. It's a, so we got out there 16 mile uh, course for the beast and the ultra beast is two laps of that. So we're going to be out there on Sunday, 32 miles climbing this mountain longer than a marathon. So it's a lot of adversity coming our way. I want to ask both you guys this at the same time, whoever feels inspired, please answer when you're in the darkest moments, whether you're an athlete or a human being on this planet, how do you personally tap into the fuel, the fire and the motivation to get you out of the darkness? We are sitting here today, not because we know all the answers, it's because uh, we have both made many mistakes in the past. I live, I, I always say, you know, die first, then quit. Like I keep saying that, like I say it to myself. In reality, a story that I never shared until a few months, actually a year ago now, was um, I attended Special Forces Assessment and Selection Training after we came back from deployment. I was young. You know, come back with deployment money. I wasn't there mentally. Like, you know, like I was hurt. That was my excuse. Mm. Well, you're supposed to get hurt. 
that training is supposed to hurt you. It's supposed to take you out of your comfort zone so for you to be able to see how much are you willing to sacrifice, you know? Um, I decided to quit. I went back to my unit. Three days later, unlike his story, I, I don't remember anything. Three days later, I was involved in, a, in an accident because of a drunk driver. I woke up in Walter Reed, I believe it was a month or so later. I was hitting the autobahn, so I'm pretty sure, I don't know how fast I was going or the other driver. Lost my arm, broke my leg in seven parts, every single rib, pretty much destroyed the left side of my body. Waking up with the same thing, like one thing that we all share in common is, um, doesn't matter the circumstances, we all were dealt a card, you know? And like I was saying earlier, outside of the military, say your profession, you're a broadcaster, you know, if something were to happen to you today, you will probably go home tomorrow to your same house, you know? Uh, you will make a couple of adaptations to live better. You will still have your job. Like for us, getting hurt means completely changing your life. It's an identity never, crisis. Yeah, I never went back home. For me, home were the barracks. That's where my brothers were. I never went back home. The army packed for me and sent everything back to the United States. Never got to say goodbye. Never again did what I trained so hard to do. It was a success. So when we have something to say, it's like we all messed up. I messed up a lot along the way. Yeah, knowing that he did the best he could and now you're on this path to serve so many in a different space. Mm -hmm. How do you have compassion for that young man that made those bad decisions? Well, actually, one of the easiest parts was to accept responsibility for everything. Um, it was easier, you know, any circumstances just to like be mad at the world. So like in my case, I was a bad drunk driver. And this, the most ironic thing is uh, I became the same person that once hurt me. I'm lucky to say that during those years, I never made a decision that was permanent. I never hurt anyone in the process, but I could have. I could have been that person. I could have been that guy high on pills or drunk that destroyed someone else's life, and I didn't. It's very ironic. Like You become the very same thing that you hate because I was so focused on that. I was so mad. I spent about two years at Walter Reed not only because my medical treatment, but because I refused to get out. Like I was like, I'm still in good condition. I can still, you know, like pass a PT test. I made myself like do push-ups with one hand. I made myself do everything. I faced the getting out of the military. I faced being thrown into a world. Um, I really never had desire to go to college. Like that wasn't for me. I mean, can't sit in an office. Like I was a paratrooper. I like jumping out of planes. I like I was an infantry soldier. Did that? That was my life. Yeah. Living with a disability closes all those doors. You, you cannot become a police officer. You can't be a fireman. You pretty much are forced to like, well, let's let's get an education and sit in an office so you can contribute to society. I wasn't able to fit in. This right here has given me a purpose. I mean, it sounds crazy that to say like, this is a volunteer organization, but this is what I do. Like my job entitles um. 60-mile rock marches, you know, to honor the, foul, the fallen and uh, escape from Alcatraz with his knucklehead. And that water is cold, it isn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> Man, I'm so inspired by this message. I'm sure people can hear it in your voice. I mean, this is visceral for you. And I think the way that I see this being of service, not just to the military families and the community out there, but also just to people that are in touch with their compassion and the fact that we're all connected on this planet. You know, in the military community, sometimes like Mark DeVille, He's a great voice for this community, the unbeatable mind, right? We explore this physical intelligence, this emotional intelligence, and sometimes it ends up to not really having a clear answer as to why things happen. 
in this world, we're not guaranteed a certain path or a framework or whatever it might be. You know, we could have a script of everything that we want to do in life, but you and I both know it's Absolutely. never 100%. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to adapt and you have to still reach those goals in different ways. People get so wrapped, their head wrapped around, you know, like especially somebody in the military when their career or their passion or their culture, because it's more than just a job, it's taken away. It's easy to get lost and it's easy to not find a new you. You have to take that uniform off. Something You could be out of the military, but still act like you're still in that uniform, but you don't want to be Uncle Rico, man. You don't want to be like the guy Napoleon Dynamite. You gotta <laughs> we all love on. that movie, too. Yeah. It's good to have pride in what you did. Yeah, yeah. And in this, this isn't just military. This is life in general. Sure. There's going to be some curves. There's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be different paths that you are might not be ready for. Now, what comes up for me just in meeting you gentlemen is the word perspective, the perspective that we get to choose. How have you formulated, Earl, your perspective post the injury that happened? Now what you're serving, like what does perspective mean to you now to have a certain perspective? What is that? Well, you know, I got to tell you, I losing my life was the easy part. Two and a half years later, my twin brother committed suicide while he was on active duty. And he was the reason why I joined the military. That, and I said it earlier, I had a choice to make when I lost my leg. I choose to be, you know, to be optimistic. And it was hard to be optimistic when that happened. But like I said, I was playing a victim. I had pity. And I really miss the military too, let's be honest. And my perspective in life now is understanding that pity, being a victim, it's going to get you nowhere. We have choices to make when adversity falls on our lap. We have decisions to make. And yes, we need to grieve in certain situations. We need to kind of let loose for a little bit. And it's it's kind of like... There's a healing that needs to occur. Right, right. We're not saying that you have to overnight snap your fingers and be like, you know, cheer up, pussy. That's not what we're exactly. saying. Exactly. What we're saying is give your space to heal, but then perspective comes in. Right. If it's like a year later and you're still doing all those things that you're doing to heal, I feel like, which yeah. it, some takes longer than others, but there there's comes a time and a moment where you have to look at yourself. Okay. I was built these bad cards. And I was dealt a bad hand. What do I do with myself now? You know, do I really want to live the rest of my life like this? And I feel like that's the hardest thing guys sometimes do. And I understand with myself, like when I, uh, you know, dealing losing my leg and losing my brother, I wanted him to be proud of me. And from my understanding, from his peers that I didn't know, he was proud of the decisions I was making after I lost my leg. Yeah. And I found out about months after, and that made me realize I can't live like this anymore. I want to get out there and challenge myself and do stuff for him. Man, how important is having an extra framework for motivation and accountability? In other words, you're doing the race not just for you. How important is that? It, well, I think it helps you reach your goal, no matter how big it is. You could do something for yourself, but if there's something out there that you want to do that for as well, it gives you a little bit more of a motivation to push yourself that much more. Like the mission is bigger than just you. Exactly. It's bigger than your discomfort. Once, once again, we have a purpose, and that's our Something that we lost in the military. There is a uh, 170 MOSs, military occupational skills, I believe. But like pretty much, the mission is always simple. You know, go out there, kill the enemy, make sure your brother comes back home. We're still fighting a battle right here. Now we're still in charge of our brothers, and once again, it's a purpose for everything. I mean, like physical training. I don't train for a six pack. I don't train for aesthetics. You know. I train because I have to be prepared that, you know, in the blink of an eye, someone's going to say, 
I want to do the ultra, so got to go walk 32 miles. Or I need to help my family, or exactly. I need to do something for someone in an mm-hmm. emergency. It's like yeah, training exactly. to be an optimum mm-hmm. human. Yes, sir. Um, I think it's, it's not about me per se. It's about us. I think that's what you were leading towards mm-hmm. is really this yeah. this exterior ring of energy that you're supporting. Being it's born. not just about you and your story. Mm-hmm. How much is that going to play into what you're doing this weekend? A lot. I mean, uh, we are running with an amazing group of people. Once again, we're here, and hopefully we'll get to talk about it. We're here because of the Military Honors, uh, Spartan Honor Series. But um, that's just what got us here. You know, coming here, and I'm sorry, as I said, like I, put, I did put him in the situation. I just finished my altar in Hawaii probably last month. And, I mean, Earl has been someone that I have really learned so much from. He's been doing this for a lot longer than me. And when I returned from Hawaii, he kept telling me, like, wow, you know, you did the, you did the ultra. This is something that for him, like, he, he never attempted it before because he knows the pace that he has to keep. Listen, within the past week or so, we put it together and we have a team and we're going to get this, you know. Like, we all have a purpose, you know. And it's nice to finally give back to someone that has given so much. Wow, man. I got chills when you're speaking man. about that. Tell us more about the Spartan Honor Series. Um, tell us about what this is, why it's been put in place. Um, and also, too, let's finish that out with how we can support more. But first, tell us about the series. When was it put in place? Is this the first year? This is the first year of the Honor Series. Yes. So we've always had Spartan had races on just outside or even inside military installations. So we decided to maybe make that into something. So we call it the Honor Series. And this year... The first, uh, the official honor series kicked off. We're at Fort Benning, Fort Carson, uh, Fort Campbell, Fort Knox, West Point. And West Point, yep. And um, a lot of it, too, is we're trying to build this military community and culture into the Spartan culture because I think some of it does go hand in hand. And also, it might be something when they take that uniform off someday, they'll have something to fall back onto, like, you know, camaraderie and, you know, being a team once again. Not on top of that as well, I mean, Lopez and I had the privilege to actually go there a few days earlier before a race and speak directly to uh, some of the service members and even some disabled veterans who unfortunately are getting chaptered out when we were once mm-hmm. in those shoes before. And there's moments when we're in those shoes where we think, what are we going to do with ourselves after this? And so we want to give them a little bit of an idea. We're working out with these guys, just giving a little philosophy on things we're talking about now. So it's, it's more than just getting out, running a race on Fort Campbell. There's a lot more that goes into it. Talk about the organizations we help now. Like we said, uniform comes off. We put a new one back on yeah. in operation during Warrior. We refill those gaps and once again. I have to tell you guys, you know, when I came here, I knew it was going to be big, but I had no idea. Like, this is its own ecosystem. Spartan yes, has created a global energy yes, around this world. What does this mean to Operation Enduring Warrior to partner with Spartan? Where do you see that possibly growing? What do you see that growing into? For Spartan, this is called an obstacle course race, OCR. You know, uh, for us in the military, these are confidence building courses, events where we practice teamwork. I mean, a, a lot of the military they have some military obstacle courses they're not as long that's not as demanding as a civilian we never i've never ran 60 miles in the military to do an obstacle course they were short but they were designed for you to learn how to work with this team or you're not going to get through a lot of us can't go through alone some can't the point is you know like once we hit this course it becomes more than a six-foot wall you know it becomes an obstacle for a guy that was laying in a hospital bed being told you're never going to walk again I mean, I literally know a guy, Nick, 
he has no legs. What we call him the raging panda. And he lost his legs in Iraq. Yeah, he lost wow. his le both legs in Iraq. In I hope you can picture. It's like a panda. Like I mean, like he walks on the stops and like just charging through. Uh, he's on a journey this year to complete his trifecta. He has completed the second out of the three. And to see these guys going through and like just for me, it's just an honor to be part of it. Wow. Well, it's been an honor to talk with both of you guys. Final question here. How would you define wellness at this stage in your life? You know, we talked a lot about like emotional fortitude, what it takes to recover. But I'd love to go through for each man here. Earl, tell us what does wellness mean to you now at this point? I think wellness is uh, being fulfilled. And not just for yourself, but the others around you. And it's important to give back to whether it's a stranger or the ones you care about and doing something for others. And um, I'm not talking about like, um, hey, man, would you loan me 10 bucks? Yeah. Or, or, I mean, I think what's most precious in giving to somebody else is your time. You look at all these hurricanes, for instance. Look at all the time everyone's giving. Like, it's one thing I could send. It's the one thing we can't get back. Exactly. I could write five hundred dollars. Time back. Yeah. I could write five hundred dollar check to the Red Cross. I'll get five hundred dollars again one day. I'll work for it, and there you go. I'll be okay. But to give your time, and you know, I'm not one of those people. This dude is though. He's been helping out in Florida. But I think wellness is that being fulfilled, helping other people, but also keep that humility inside of us. It's important. Purpose and humility, huge tenets. Thank you for sharing that. And Jonathan, for you, what does wellness mean to you at this stage in your journey? On the path, you're about to do this big race on the weekend, but how would you define it? How would you define wellness? I can't believe you use that word because um, we have had a company that is helping us tremendously, you know, to achieve what we're doing right now. And the name of the company is Kedira MD, and the whole team is an approach to wellness, to veterans. They are working on the current opiate problem that we have right now, you know, the suicide problem in the community. And this is a young company is just sending us out there just to like be able to spread the message. So they like Spartan put us in the five military bases. Thanks to them, we were able to now enter these warrior transition units and talk to the soldiers when they're getting out. I'm pretty calm today, but usually I'm the guy that is jumping around. I'm always cursing, finger up, you know, telling people, stop being a pussy, let's do this. That's, that's me. I just, I was brief not to do that. <laughs> but um, um, thank you. My yeah. first, yes, my first uh, speaking engagement was at Fort Carson, uh. and everybody was like on the edge of the seat, like, "Oh, he's gonna tell them off," you know. And I actually, it took about five to seven seconds for me to, I had to shut up. I was about to cry because I didn't. I'm not a school type of guy. I didn't get a PhD on you know like human behavior or, or anything. I just wanted to share my story, and uh, I never thought I would be standing up there looking down. And I remember actually seeing a kid at the beginning of the cell phone and I was like, listen, bro, your life is about to change. So listen up. Because uh, I remember sitting in those classes and you don't know what's coming to you until you really, you're holding that U.S. flag with a DD-214 on, on top of it. And the truck array went to a barracks to pick up your belongings. So you're like, what's next? So, I mean, like what we do right now is pretty much just share a story, share a story. And I uh, hope that people listen, they don't, pretty much make the same mistakes that we did. Last complete question of the podcast here. I'm very emotionally touched by our podcast today, by this interview. Not just because you guys are running the race, mm. but because of everything else that we've talked Hopefully about. Hopefully you join us as well. Well, I'll be doing it next year because I trained at zero. <laughs> so Hopefully you'll be joining us I like as how well. you're challenging me right now too. Yes, Thank I, you. Uh, I actually have a team member that has one leg. Granville, so. This is the gift of perspective. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully, this is actually hopefully. the gift of perspective I was going to thank you for, really. 
Um, that's what I felt from you guys the whole time we've sat today. And just thank you for giving this gift of perspective thank to you, people. Sir. And it's been a true joy to have you on. People can learn more about you at EnduringWarrior.org. If somebody's feeling the spark to do a Spartan or to do something physical, just real quick, rapid fire, give them some inspiration in a sentence from that place of perspective that can get them into their body and doing the event, any event. When was the last time you tried something different? When's the last time you stepped out of your comfort zone and tried something new? Something that you could be prideful of and realize, damn, man, I did that. When somebody can even tell you, man, do you want to do that? You're not going to do that. Hey, aren't, don't you think you get hurt? Every excuse in the book or every negative comment somebody gives you, step out. I challenge you to do it, seriously, because that brought me where I'm at today. Step out of your comfort zone. Try something new and show the world you're going to reach your goals and you're going to find something new. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, I want you to reach someone out to somebody else when you reach those goals and say, now it's your fucking turn. A deep breathe on that one. Jonathan? Once again, I'm going to have to continue. Reach out. Help someone who absolutely cannot do anything for you and you see how that feels. Um, uh, I will show you at the end of the transmission to see if you want to include it. This is my second year in Tahoe. Last year, we were here for a eight-year-old boy who has a, got a bacteria on his spine. His arm was paralyzed. Spartan actually put a video of me climbing rope through one of the vents. One of the messages in the feed was, I can't wait for my son to wake up so he, so he can see these and gain, and gain hope. And it's just like the word hope just kind of like caught my curiosity. And I sent her a message. That's how I found out about his disease and everything. They were coming here last year to do a... A kids race. We put a team together, and this is something that I also wanted you to know about. Something that I wanted you to know about Operation Enduring Warrior. Yes, our mission is to empower our nation's veterans. This is an eight-year-old that never served in the military. It doesn't matter. You know, he's a U.S. citizen, even or even if he wasn't. He's a human being, and we help him. One of the guys that I actually just met, and he became one of our community ambassadors. He, Rich, he suffered from cerebral palsy, and. I was actually, that race actually happened to take my two kids. My two kids are as crazy as me. And they're already used to like, you know, like guys like us, you know, like they, they think that disabled veterans is like, a, they're superheroes, you know? Yeah. That's their, their definition is like, I'm just a boy. I'm not a disabled veteran. But um, I ran to this guy just to see him going through the course, you know, like doing all these challenges. It just is someone that we just invited, you know, someone we just met. And you never know. You know, like when you reach out to someone, you might be saving a life. There is no price on that. Such a tremendous reminder. Jonathan Earl, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Find that passion, guys. Yes, sir. Find a purpose. Hey, my friend. Thank you for hanging out and growing with me on today's show. Remember to hit subscribe. Share this podcast with somebody you care about that you think gets to hear this message. Support the show by leaving a five-star review for the podcast right now simply by tapping on your show artwork on your iPhone. Click that purple link that says review this podcast. It helps the show reach more conscious and smart people like you and your voice will attract more world-class guests that want to come on the show. So let them hear your voice. For all the downloads, videos, links, and free resources mentioned on the episode, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. And while you're at my house on the web, join us in the Wellness Force community newsletter on that page and I'll send you four free guides around staying healthy with your eating, moving, and sleeping while you travel. Join a group of people like you over at the Wellness Force community Facebook page. This is where we talk about the things that really matter. We share our wins, inspirations, struggles, and a lot more. So join us, tap on the show artwork on your phone, and hit that purple link that says join the 
Facebook group and I will welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people that you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.